Right, I just got to update my notes. I noticed something on um, on Netflix just before I came upstairs. Oh, I think I know what you. I think I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? It's not completely all eighties, but there is. Some. Oh, maybe not then. <laughs> there is. There is some. Oh. Um, oh yeah, because something incredibly eighties just gone on Netflix today. Um, yeah. Well, maybe I'll bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's the thing that I am going to bring up. Maybe, maybe I'm just, you know, leading or, you along. Or maybe, maybe we just won't talk about it at all then. <laughs> yes, we won't bother then. <laughs> Nobody will ever know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they watch Netflix. Yes. <laughs> there might be a few more people that watch Netflix and listen to 60 Minutes. I don't just, know. I don't know, it'd be a close run I don't thing. have the data in front of, <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> and thank you for listening to episode 379 of 60MW and the Decade of Decadence show for July 2021. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And hello. Hello, everybody. We're, we're here for... I don't know where I'm going with this, mate. I'm too hot. I, was just, <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm still too hot. That's all people it's are going to get. Today. It's cool today. It's a lot cooler today here. So um, the sun hasn't been out much. And it's just been all right. So... Mm. No, I'm still, uh, as I was when I recorded with Chris the other week, I'm just a hot mess sat in here, <laughs> which I'm sure people don't want to know any more about whatsoever. Um, let's just uh, quickly, Dean of the Dead, hot sauce. First of all, thank you on Twitter, at Poo, who tweeted a great picture, uh, and he said his wife bought four sauces of Dean's um, chilli sauces because of the re- recommendation that we give out, mate. Yeah. How about that? Thank you at Wayne Poo for for tweeting that and letting us know. Thank you for buying from Dean as well because that's good. Again, we're hoping to meet him later on in the year when um you know for the love of horror, I think is that the one we're hoping to get to? Yes, yeah, I believe so. If I've uh, if I booked a right week off work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you haven't, it won't be that one. So <laughs> As, as we record this, it's July the 23rd, and yeah, I know this is the July show, and it's been released at the beginning of August, um, but if you do follow us on Twitter, you know that I'm taking nine days off from everything, so it'll be it'll be like going back to the 80s, mate, with, you know, no Twitter, no Instagram, no oh, yeah. website stuff, no podcast. It's my birthday, so... Well, yeah, it's my birthday in two days, so, you know, first week off work in six months, so, yeah. Bit, bit of rest and relaxation, mate. Lovely. Yeah. So this offer, this offer, by the way, that I'm just about to say from Dean. So by the time you listen to this, it might be gone, but it's your fault if you don't follow him on his social media. Because if you did, you'd know about this already. So that's a good excuse to follow Dean. Uh, go to Dean of the Dead Hot Sauce on Instagram. That's the one that he updates the most. Because he's got a new gift box offer at the moment. And it's to celebrate the reveal of the brand new ultra sexy this is his words not mine three sources from hell mix and match gift box so what he's going to be doing is he's going to give away 
the full set of the, of the three spice seasoning grubs, try saying that after a few drinks, uh, to the first 50 orders. So if the 50 orders haven't gone by the time you listen to this, you're going to be in luck. And if they have, well, it's like I say, you should be following him on Instagram then. All the more reason to do it. Right then, mate, let us begin. I'm going to start us off with, uh, I don't know if you've seen this yet. I presume that you have. Have you seen the trailer for Turner and Hooch, the the new Disney Plus show? I saw it was on Disney Plus. I saw the poster for it looked identical to the film poster, except, Mm -hmm. I mean, the dog's very similar. Obviously, it's not the same dog. That dog is dead. Um... Well, I hope it's not dead. Anyway, I digress. I have not seen the trailer, just a poster, just the fact it was on Disney Plus, and honestly, that was enough. Mm, yeah, that was enough. I wish I could have forgotten. It's not <laughs> a film I hold in any great high regard or anything. No, me neither. I remember it being um, when we used to have a Ritz video shop in my old hometown. Um, it was in like a little magazine. Um, um, I don't even know if you ever rented it because there's long time listeners probably know you know the stuff that we rented is exactly what my dad wanted to watch so mm-hmm. uh, and that was a tournament hooch um <laughs> imagine i saw it at some point but yeah i'm not particularly like attached to the original no no i'm the same mate but out of curiosity i thought you know, go on i'll have a look i'm just i was more interested more than anything in how they were going to frame the story you know who was what would be the connection so apparently the dog is, I think it was the son or some relation of the dog that was in the original. Uh, and the guy that's in it is the son of Tom Hanks's character in the original. And Tom Hanks's character has died. And <laughs> Kill off Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh, well, done. Tom Hanks and the dog from Turner and Hooch, they're both dead. Well, like Tom Hanks, like the most beloved actor in the world. You just... <laughs> You just get rid of any sort of goodwill anyone might have towards the project yeah. by just icing him before the <laughs> start of the first episode. Now he's dead. Yeah, him and the dog both died together in a horrible car crash. Episode one is recreating it. <laughs> Way to traumatise people. Uh, him and the dog shot each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to watch it. I'd be interested if anybody does watch it to, you know, send us an email, let us know. But apart from that, I'm not. I'm not going to dip into Disney Plus for that, mate, at all. Um, no. I did dip into, and I know you've seen this though. Uh, the Hoff, <laughs> David Hasselhoff, and his version of uh, the Iggy Pop song "The Passenger." No. Ugh. <laughs> is that it? Shall we move on after that? That noise. I mean, what's the point? What is the point? Honestly. I don't know. I don't know. I was, I, I was, well, I was watching it, and then I couldn't turn it off because I was sort of hypnotized by it. I can't say I didn't see a video for it. I, it came up on my new music for you. I says a lot for my new music for you on Spotify, but it came up on that, and I was just like, it was just him singing. There's nothing to it. Really. It was just him singing the passenger, and I was just like, why bother? Well, I'm sure you'll be disappointed, mate, that in the video he is not topless like Iggy Pop. So, you know, there is no real That's point just... to watch it then, is there? <laughs> he's just no. sort of, he's no. wandering around aimlessly singing the song. And that that's about it. But I'm sure it will sell well in Germany, as the Hoff normally does. <laughs> that, is, that does seem to be his main market, doesn't it? Is Germany. But 
No. Um, again, you've seen this, the trailer for... Um, oh, it's out in theatres today as we record, July the 23rd. Val, Amazon original documentary about Val Kilmer. Yes, yes, that uh, was one of my things, actually. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to watching this. Sadly, not out anywhere in the UK mm. in cinema, but it is going on Amazon Prime. I think if it's not out on Prime by the time this is released, because uh, I've got a feeling it's August the 1st, but it might be the following um, Friday. It'll be, you know, this coming week. Yeah. And the trailer looks like, I'm just like, oh, good, I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> it does, though, don't, it does look like a real tearjerker. I'm amazed. But really, like, stunning because he's, a, you know, he's recorded everything during his mm. career. And for some of the films he's been on, you know, obviously, you know, you know, like from Top Gun to the Batman films, working with Brando and all of that, you know, he's going to have caught some amazing footage on top of the, obviously, the heartfelt drama of his uh, battles of cancer. So Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, I just found it incredible that he he really did take a camera wherever he went. And he just filmed constantly, didn't he? If he was not in front of the camera, he'd just be walking around set with his video camera. Just he's the filming. original vlogger. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and I mean, what... it's, I think it's like known, and he references it in the trailer, you know, he's made some bad choices. You know, his mm. ego did get the better of him when he was, you know, the biggest star in the world, you know or one of them, you know, he was Batman, he was Jim Morrison, and then, you know, he was just doing straight-to-video stuff, but, you know, because the ego got too much. Yeah. It happens a lot, but um, but yeah, obviously he's quite uh, aware of that now. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but, yeah, it's going to be a tough watch. It is, yeah, it, it really is. And I was, I didn't write the exact number down, but I'm sure it was something like 400 hours of footage he's got on wow. video. And, you know, that could be a series in itself, couldn't it? If just him <laughs> releasing, you know, here's another hour of stuff that I filmed on whatever, the set of whatever. But, yeah, when it gets to the bit about him and his battle with cancer and all of that, yeah, it is, uh, it's going to tug at the heartstrings a little bit with that one because that'll be a tough watch for sure. Uh, just before we started recording, mate, uh, Netflix was on and I saw that series two of the movies that made us has been put up on there with... Um, Back to the Future, okay. Pretty Woman, Jurassic Park, and Forrest Gump. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think I saw a trailer for that. I, thought, I was thinking that Sam Neill was talking about Jurassic Park, because they do tend to get um, as a few people that were involved. So, Yeah, Series 1 was yeah. really good. If nobody's you know, watched Series 1 of the movies that made us on, on Netflix yet, give it a watch. It is very, very good. So I'm hoping that Series 2 keeps up You know the quality of it. There was some really good... Because what you want from these, you don't want the same old stories and the same old footage. But I saw stuff that I'd never seen before and I heard stories that I hadn't heard before. Yeah, so, so that that's was good. Cool. Yeah, if they do that again in this series, that'd be good. You know, you yeah. want to sit there and go, oh, I never knew that. That's what you want while you're watching these. Absolutely. Uh, also on Netflix today, this is this is my one. Um, oh, go on. The um, Masters of the Universe Revelations. Is, uh... <gasps> I didn't know it was today. Yeah, it's out today, but I... I will watch it, but like it's Kevin Smith's involved, and like his work in the last few years to say it's gone off a boil a little bit is a big understatement. Like mm. that last Jane Silent Bob movie, Jesus. Um, but this is a very different thing. He's not writing all the episodes. Or I don't know even if he's writing any of the episodes, but you know, he's like, you know, come up with a concept and it looks apart. It looks very like camp and 80s. 
and colourful. So yeah. I'll give that a watch over the weekend and fingers crossed. Yeah, got to dip into it. Got to have a look what it's like. Um, but yeah, I think like you, I'm not going into it with any high expectations, but could be pleasantly yeah, surprised. Very good voice cast. Is it? Yeah. Who's, who's... Yeah, Mark Havel with Skeletor. Good. Sarah Michelle Gellar's in it. Henry Rollins is in it. Um, Jack Dennis Haysbert's in it. Mm. Kevin Smith's daughter's in it. <laughs> <laughs> Nepotism. Oh, of course. It's not dead. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it a watch. Give it a watch. Then we can report back in the July show. Uh, when we sat together. We haven't even mentioned that yet, mate. How have we got this far and not mentioned that when we record in actually, July, August, in the August show, you shall be here once again, mate, after almost two years. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it would be 22 months later. Oh, recording together in the same room again. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it's time. That it's will, almost time. That will be nice. And we have, we are planning, and again, if you follow us on Twitter, I did tease out that when Tom's up here, we're going to try um, a little venture on YouTube together and do something a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I shall say Should no I more. Build for that. Yeah. So hopefully, if uh, all works out, that'll be on our YouTube channel. So if you don't subscribe to that already, make sure that you subscribe to Six uh, DMW Podcast on YouTube, and then you could well see me and Tom doing something. Obviously, eight is related, uh, and of course, it's very visual. Uh, otherwise, of course, it'd just be it'd be an audio show if it wasn't. But this is something that has to be on YouTube. You have to see it happening so uh yeah watch out for that hopefully uh before too long oh mate no i'm going blind with all of these notes in front of me there was um okay robocop rogue city teaser trailer it's a video game coming to consoles okay and it was a really really brief teaser and i thought oh my god robocop game awesome uh 2023 it's like, what? Who cares? Why release a teaser trailer? Now, I'd rather not know about it. You know, tell me a few months before. Don't leave yeah, me hanging right. for two years thinking, oh, Robocop game. Is it going to be any good? Or, you know, tell me more. Keep me It'll in the dark. probably get delayed. Oh, 2024. Here we go. <laughs> oh. So I hope it's an 18. I hope it's violent. You don't want, you know, because... We know film video games notoriously a bit shit. So we could do with a really hard hitting, um, violent Robocop game. But yeah, yeah, we'll report back on that in 2023. And let, oh my God. <laughs> and let, yeah. let everybody know how it's going. Something that we can report back on a little bit earlier than that because it premieres on October the 12th is uh, Chucky. The TV series from oh, it's got a date. Yeah, from obviously franchise creator Don Mancini, and uh, so I'm excited about this because of his involvement. So October the twelfth is when it premieres. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the last the actual film that he wasn't involved in of Child's Play. I mean, mm. no, that that's not a dig at him. I just enjoyed it. Um, but I mean, there can be two, you know, yeah. versions kicking around. It's just as long as they're both good. Yeah, exactly. So everyone's a winner. Yeah, yeah. So look, look forward to that. That's definitely yeah, a TV show that I'm going to watch. Um, oh, I mentioned YouTube earlier. While you're on YouTube subscribing to us, obviously, I, I have mentioned this in the past, the Reshoots channel, and it's a place where they go back to um, real-life locations where movies were filmed. 
and they oh, even nice. they even recreate the camera moves from the original films and then show it how it is today. So a couple have gone up on there recently. Uh, New York Ripper. So it shows oh. how it was in 1982 and how it is obviously now in 2021. Uh, and nice. another one that went up is Ghostbusters, you know, from so how it was in 84 yeah. to, to how it is now. It's a cracking channel. Anybody that loves movies. And there's a lot of... Um, movie locations that they go to from the 80s but from other decades as well you know from 70s and 90s and everything and if you didn't subscribe to it before you missed out when i recommended it youtube reshoots well well worth watching and there's a few like that but i love this one because of the way that they recreate the camera moves so and it's split screen so you see you know the old version on the left and the new version on the right so you can really compare them properly yeah. And, uh, you know, see the differences or some which are occasionally exactly the same after all these years, which is really interesting. Uh, oh, God. Right. Let's have let's have. Um, oh, let's have a sound effect. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> let's kick off with a guy that you met, Tom. Johnny Solinger, Skid Row. Yeah. Uh, passed away 55 which is really terrible um mm. and you there you were at a gig what how long ago was it now that you were at the gig 2013 2014 this was we this was 80s picture house me and andrew were there and um we were we i don't think we ever had anyone from skid row on the show like interview wise mm. but i think we were just there to, i was just there to review it i guess yeah um and yeah like we met them backstage and they were quite nice and then we were watching the show it was ugly kid joe was supporting we watched that from the front then we went backstage and met uh met up with skid row um as you do um <laughs> and yeah just chatted with them and then we was at the side of the stage and i always remember like one of my main memories was like he kept coming over um him and one of the um the guitarist uh his name escapes me sorry uh, they both kept coming over and just like you know, just being ridiculously, you know, over the top in front of us, yeah. just making us laugh and stuff. And it was just really <laughs> nice. He was just a really nice guy. So, yeah, great shame. Yeah, he was. With I didn't realise that he'd left Skid Row years, years, 20, you know, a few years later. Yeah, um, yeah, he did. Night, and night. he was replaced by um, ZP. I don't know how, the guy used to be the original singer in Dragon Force. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, what a great fit. That no offence, of course, to Johnny Zology. He was great as a singer, but like, what a great fit for skid row <laughs> um yeah yeah a great show yeah yeah johnny was was uh with skid row from 99 till 2015 did four albums with them of which my favorite is uh thick skin from 2003 mm. i love that album that's oh, a cracking one it was so, probably in the skid row longer than sebastian back was i think he was yeah i'm pretty sure he's there years. yeah he's their longest standing uh vocalist that they've had um but of course, everybody always defaults, you know, to, to the originals and all of this. It's like with Kiss, isn't it? And you know, Tommy Thayer being in the band longer than Ace and all. But if you're not the original, nobody wants to know. Um, it was a it so was a, Vinny Vincent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a name I, I I dread we're gonna hear later on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it's been a bad time for rock music, mate, because we also lost aged only 58, Jeff Labar, the guitarist with Cinderella. Oh, um, yeah, I did see this. Yeah, yeah, was... a guitarist that I saw quite a few times watch Cinderella on, um, well, all of the UK tours that they did during the 80s. And uh, 
yeah, 58 again, that's like no age. And I was reading about um, the downtime with Cinderella, I guess, which is the same with a lot of, of bands, especially from the 80s, you know, when sort of that 80s rock music slash hair metal slash glam metal was overtaken with grunge. Mm. Um, he worked in a in a pizza place and on a with construction. He did some construction work as well. Yeah, I mean, got to eat, don't you? So. Got to eat, yeah. What do you think? You know, I'm glad he got me. He was able to go back to it, you know. Yeah, think, so. yeah, that's always good. Uh, and then finally, we get somebody aged 91, Richard Donner. Oh man, yeah. Come on, I mean, from the 70s, you've got the Omen and Superman, but 80s, Goonies. Uh, Lethal Weapon. Well, he did all four Lethal Weapon films. Yeah, he's got such a great body of work. And uh, I mean, ninety-one, fair enough. Ninety-one, yeah, good innings. yeah, that is a good innings. I wouldn't mind, you know, ninety-one. So if you are ninety-one, <laughs> ninety-two next birthday, mate. Remember, two days away. <laughs> <laughs> but in in a little bit of happier news. Happy It was Sly's 75th birthday. Oh, <laughs> I heard that. What do you mean, oh fucking hell? <laughs> <laughs> 75, mate. Please, everybody, go to his Instagram. Look what this guy is doing, age 75. He is he, he's inhuman. I did I did see him uh, pumping those weights and then punching the bag. Oh, awesome, mate. Absolutely awesome. I haven't heard any more about um, Expendables 4 yet, though. That does seem to be... No, in, he's not a... In the pipeline. And um, uh, Samaritan, that's been pulled. What? From the schedules. Oh, I saw on Box Office Bojo and forgot to tell you to right now. <gasps> this, you're it dropping... It would have been out by now, wouldn't it? It was supposed to be June. You're dropping a bombshell on me now, mate. This is it. Didn't you, didn't you wonder where it was? Kind well, of no, I, I thought it was um, October I'd got in my head that it was due out. Maybe it is now. Maybe that's the new date. But no, it's supposed to be June, so maybe they maybe they bumped it to October. Ooh, it better be. Out and of course, October. I mean, he's going to be in one of the biggest films of the year out next Friday. So, mm. well, Dave, his his voice is, isn't it? Well, close enough. <laughs> Suicide Squad. He's the shark or whatever. I'm not asked. Sing shark. Uh, he's, what? He's not in it, so I'm not. I'm he not, is. Not, <laughs> If he rips off like this shark's, you know, exterior to reveal himself underneath. Oh, just because he can't drool over his face. <laughs> it wouldn't look right, me sat in a cinema drooling over a shark, would it? You've drooled over worse in a cinema. Well, fair enough, then. <laughs> <laughs> shall we? While we're here, well, saying shall we, you've got no bloody choice in it, mate. While we're on the subject of people who are aged 75. Um, no, no. Oh, yeah. You know what this means, mate? All too well. Sexy time. <laughs> Dolly Parton. 75-year-old Dolly Parton. Almost the same age as I. Yes, yeah. Posted a video on Twitter. She recreated her 1978 Playboy cover for her husband's birthday, and she was dressed as a Playboy bunny, complete with ears and heaving cleavage, of course. So, um, 
And Dolly, of course, a long-standing member of my OAP hot list. So uh, it, it was nice to see Dolly again. A few times. <laughs> Good old Carl, though, her husband. It's a very... It's like he's managed to remain completely anonymous. For, oh. like they've been married for like 54, 55 years. And um, couldn't tell you what he looked like. Isn't that incredible? Because she posted a photograph and he was sat... On yeah, you saw it like the back of his head. Just the back of his head. Couch. That is amazing how he's kept just out of the limelight for all these years. Yeah. Yeah, really mm. interesting I found that. But, um, mm. yeah, but, you know, good old Dolly. She she can do no wrong. She can do no wrong. She does, she does loads of great work. Dolly does. Yeah, she's. I, I, she's awesome. I was talking to friends uh, last weekend, and they were saying they read somewhere that um, she could, she could have literally been a billionaire, but she's given yeah. so much money away yeah. with the books for kids, um, like the Moderna vaccine more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's given so much money away, um, good causes, but you don't need to be a billionaire, do you? You don't need to be. No. <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know, there's a limit where you can go. That's enough. I mean, like Jeff Bezos. Not to get into like this too much, but like he could wake up one morning and be like, "Yeah, I'm going to sow world hunger," and he could, and it wouldn't be a drop in the ocean to him. Mm. So but, uh, these people don't, but Dolly does. Yeah, so she does her. it. She does it. She's not bothered about going to space in a penis-shaped rocket at all that was a very penis shaped rock that was exi- that was a bit too close for comfort that was that's yeah, got to be done on purpose big, i mean i was a bit like oh a bit jealous <laughs> that <laughs> to be screaming at my why can't you be like that yeah. <laughs> didn't i again this was a subject we're talking about didn't i i mean i didn't see this on the news but friends were saying like they um selected someone to go up to space with jeff bezos and um, the guy sent his son instead because he couldn't make it. Really? He had like, like meetings on and stuff. What? That so must he have couldn't been. make space. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I've got a few bits on. What was Can't that? Make space. <laughs> what could the meeting have been about? Was it I don't know, changing the chocolate bars in the vending machine or something? Oh, yeah, gotta, I don't know. gotta I don't put know. off going to space. Yeah to decide do you want a mars bar or a snicker far too important <laughs> uh well as i said earlier we're sat here july the 23rd july the 22nd 1980 41 years and one day ago as we sat here um eric carr joined kiss which makes me oh. feel even older now because I remember that happening, and it doesn't seem that long ago. And now I know it's 41 years ago. Oh, and my it's, God. Oh, okay. Wasn't even alive. <laughs> <sighs> Eric Carr, my favourite drummer of Kiss. Um, yeah. While we're on the... So, well, while we're on to music, mate. Homework. Do it? Homework from our June show. Uh, in case anybody missed it, uh, a brief rundown, just to give this next bit that we're going to do a little bit of context. Uh, I saw an advert on TV for an album called 80s Rock Down. Yet another 80s rock compilation album with the same bands on it and the same songs on it. So we said, why, why is it always the same bands? Why is it always the same songs? So I set some homework and uh, I know both you and me, Tom, we've been good boys. We've done our homework. Yeah. Um, 
And the choice was, I wanted it, there were certain rules, I wanted it to be the classic 10 song album. Five tracks on side one, five on track two, had to contain one ballad, at least one ballad. Uh, and you could either pick bands that were always on these albums, uh, but pick different songs by them for a change, or you could pick bands that are never on these albums and go, for fuck's sake, why don't you put these bands on and have something different? Uh, and we've done both of them, haven't we? We have. I would like to say before we get started that American listeners, for example, you'll probably clock a lot of artists that are on your compilations quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But in the UK, is there is a template. Yeah. And it is never anything but, you know, the obvious, which we'll get into. Yeah, we will get into. And I know uh, for a lot of you listening to this, you're thinking, oh, God, okay. So this is just going to be a load of bands that I may or may not have heard of and some song titles. Well, to make it a little bit more interesting for you, uh, by the time you listen to this, if you go to our YouTube channel, again, another reason to subscribe to it. I'm really selling it this episode, mate, aren't I? The YouTube channel. Uh, There's going to be playlists. There'll be um, four playlists. So the two that I've done and the two that Tom have done. So you can play them and have a listen to them. So if you're not familiar with any of the songs, go onto the playlist and have a listen. And you can do that as you're listening. You can go and listen to it first, listen to this, and then go listen to the songs. It's entirely up to you. So, Tom, do you want to kick us off? Shall shall we do it rather than alternating track by track between us? I think we should do an album at a time between us. Okay, yeah, that's cool. To get the full flow of an album. I'm going to start with my bands that aren't normally um, on these compilations Ooh, in the UK okay. because um, it's a weaker playlist than the other ones. I'm the same, actually. Yeah, I, I um, struggled more. I was more struggling this. a little with this, mm-hmm. uh, which is why there's two bands from the 90s in there. <laughs> you che- you're, 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 cheated you on your homework, you naughty boy. That, that could be detention if you cheated on your homework. So when you hear the bands, you'll be like, yeah, that makes sense in this sort of compilation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go on then. So, different acts. Um, track number one is Taiketo, Forever Young. Oh. Never yeah. hear that on those sort of albums. And you bloody should do as well. I mean, that's, okay. a, yeah. that's a standout track. Yeah, it is good for our close personal friend, Danny Vaughan. Yeah, awesome guy. Track number two is Bullet Boys, Smooth Up In Ya. <laughs> You know what, mate? I'm not familiar with Bullet Boys at all. I know. Oh wow, you like, but yeah, you like that song. I don't know what it's about, but it's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, Bullet Boys, smooth up in here for me album. Oh god, I was gonna put it. On... I was gonna put it on mute. Sorry. <laughs> I thought that I was, was you then. Bullet Boys. I, thought... I, can say, I just wanted to get an album name, so ignore <laughs> the start of the song there. Right, track number three is uh, is an artist who is never like you'll know him. And he's on plenty of other compilations, I'm sure, but you'll never find him on an 80s rock compilation, um, like 80s Rockdown. Um, it's Michael Bolton, and everybody's crazy. Now, then, this may shock some people, but it won't shock people that listen to us on 80s Picture House because you picked an album, because we used to talk about music on that as well. And, yeah. And you did pick an album I'd never heard before, his, his well, rock album. Yeah, Which yeah, that, that's the one. Everybody's crazy. Yeah, yeah big AOR hair out, and it's a fucking banger. It is and a banger. And then mate. he sort of did a sort of 
album, I think it was called The Hunger, which was a little bit of both, but I then had like I think he had like sitting on the dock of a bay on and that blew up and then he was yeah. just he went off to do what he did. Hmm. Which I don't mind either. But um <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like I don't use compilation, is it? It's a Stormin' track, Everybody's Crazy, so... Oh, God, yeah. Um, track number four, this is the second of the two ones from the 90s, um, is Look But Don't Touch by Skin. Again, I know the band's name, not familiar with their work at all. Yeah, no, they're very much like Thunder, um, uh, UK band. Um, so that's another good one but i mean it's i think that was 91 so yeah you know it's, it's close, close enough I was, I was struggling a bit yeah um next up the band is danger danger and the song is bang bang <laughs> i saw danger danger when they supported kiss oh back nice. in the 80s i think it was i think it was the animalized tour no it wasn't because bon jovi supported on the animalized tour it wasn't Lick It Up. Was it Crazy Nights Tour? It could have been that. I know I've seen them supporting Kiss anyway. That's pretty cool. Mm. Uh, next up is It's Wasp, a band oh. you don't really see on these compilations. You don't. And I mean, the God, what? Just shooting fish in the barrel here. What song could I choose? So I went for Wild Child. Oh, mate, that's the perfect one. And exactly, why are Wasp not on these compilation albums? Because, like yeah, you I mean, said. There's plenty of songs that aren't full of bad language exactly, that they did. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Especially from the Last Command album. You know, pick well, any any from that album, especially, is, is you know, quite radio friendly as well. Yeah. Okay, the next track is it's a ballad. Ooh. And now, this is an artist. Like, now, this is why I said in America, this is one that will definitely be on every single compilation. Uh, maybe not this song, probably this song on some of them. But over here in the UK, we don't really see Bob Seger on many 80s rock down albums. And the song I chose was Like a Rock. Oh, again, I'm really going to have to check out this this playlist on I've, I've done a Spotify playlist. I'll send you it. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's a nice slow one. Now, you'll know this one, Dave, and you'll love this one, Dave, because I know you do. It's uh, Fast Way, Trick or Treat. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> oh, no. They, I want to listen to all these songs now. That That's a cracking one. Okay, the, the penultimate song on this one is Autograph, Blondes in Black Cars. Don't know that one either. Oh, Dave. Oh, Dave. Ooh. Ooh. I didn't think I'd be introducing you to some songs. I know. You've been so this is awesome. Experienced. <laughs> <laughs> didn't say old. <laughs> And finally, the last track in this uh, 45 minutes uh, playlist is Vixen, Edge of a Broken Heart. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So there we go. That's my, uh, I mean, it's not a bad playlist, but I think the other one's stronger. That's a good playlist, mate. And the ones that I recognise, cracking tunes. I mean, Wasp, um, Wild Child, amazing. Um, oh, yeah, Fast Way. People need to listen to these. Of course, that would be a great compilation. Right, uh, my one then of bands yeah. that you just don't see on these. Um, I always think side one, track one, you've got to kick off, you know, get people really into it. So I'm going with um, Kick Axe and Welcome to the Club, which is from well, we've done their, this one, haven't we? Yeah, it's from their 1985 album of the same name. And it's one of those I've said before for me, it's like it's a perfect album. There's not one track that I skip through it. I think that's a cracking album. Then moving on, I am um, Tobruk, Falling. 
um, from the 1985 album Wild on the Run. Wild on the Run was probably their most popular song, but I think Falling is a cracking song from Tobruk. Then you've got to have some Q5 on there, mate. And this is one when I was, what do you pick? Because you've got, and again, if anybody's not heard of Q5, buy buy two of their albums, their first two albums, which is Steal the Light and um, When the Mirror Cracks. And I'm going to pick Living on the Borderline from When the Mirror Cracks, which was released in 86. I think that's a really, it's quite a little bit synth star, but there's some good guitars in it. Nice. Track four, here's a band, here's a British band that should have been massive because they're fucking great, great melodic rock, great sound to them, incredible vocalist, and it's FM. And it's Oh, good shout. I hadn't thought of FM. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Tough It Out, title track from their 1989 album, Tough It Out. Uh, yeah, it's an entire album, start to finish. It, it's it's incredible. It's a bit noncy, but the yeah. album <laughs> <laughs> Albums. I like. I listen to that album quite a lot on Spotify, and you know, like sometimes I share the songs I'm listening to. I don't with that album because it's just got like this topless kid on the front, and I'm just like, I'm not fucking sharing that. We release it with a different cover. Uh, yeah, to give it a bit. Like scorpions. Like you can't fucking share half of their album covers. Oh, I know. Yeah, animal magnetism. What love drive? Bloody hell! But uh, <laughs> I'm going to finish side one. Um, a little bit of Wendy Williams from the Wow album, 1984. Let's finish with a bit of bump and grind on side one. And obviously it's a bit of a special album for me because it's virtually a Kiss album without Kiss because Gene produced it, Gene's on it, Paul Stanley's on it, Ace Fraley's on it, Eric Carr's on it. So it is like a Kiss album, but it's a a great song. And it has got an amazing Ace Fraley solo in it as well. I can't believe it took you this long to shoehorn in something that's... You, you've regarded as essentially a Kiss album. <laughs> Although I've not heard it, so I'm going to have to try. Yeah, it's a good one, mate. It's very, very good. Um, on to side two. Warrior, Fighting from the Earth. Title track from the 1985 album. Cracking album as well, if, if nobody's heard it. It's really... Uh, I'd, I'd go and listen to all of these, for God's sake. Can't have one of these without Tesla. Um, nice. And this is this is my ballad, Changes, from the 86 album Mechanical Resonance. Uh, again, another band I saw, saw them on this tour. Brilliant live, great, great album, an amazing song. Uh, yeah, that, that had to be on it. Uh, track three, Shark Island, a band that a lot of people are not too familiar with. It's from the 1989 album Law of the Order, and it's Paris Calling. And then okay. the penultimate track, I'm going to go Great White and Rock Me from their 80, nice. 87 album, Once Bitten. That is a great rock song um, that more people should listen to. Very, very loud. And then I'm going to finish with White Lion and Hungry from that 1987 album, Pride. And that's, Good that's, stuff. that's mine, yeah. So, this, you know, again... For both of those, go to our YouTube channel. There'll be full playlists um, for all of those songs. So have a have a listen to those. Now then, mate, let's get on to what would we, what would our eighties rock down album be with bands that are always on it, but with different songs. Yes, indeed. So same artist, different song. Mm-hmm. All right, just just check. I have got a uh, yeah. I mean. It's not technically a ballad, but it's a slower one. So, <laughs> I, I, just checking. So, mine starts yeah. with Slade. 
Ooh. Who are, I mean, it's normally the Christmas one or uh, Come On, Feel the Noise. Yeah. Is what you want to get. But how about, uh, and I believe this is from 1991. I mean, a lot of, some of these are from decades that aren't the 80s, um, alternate tracks. Um, how about with Slade, Radio Wall of Sound? Great song, mate. One that just popped back into my head earlier this year. And I've, like, and be like, oh, yeah, who sung that? And then I was like, oh, it was Slade. So, yeah, yeah. Very, very underrated band Slade are, you know? Yeah. From, um, I mean, the album is, um, that has it on Spotify is the best of Slade. <laughs> but uh, they did have an album from 1991 on Spotify. So it's um, yeah. obviously something that's not on there. Mm. Okay. Track number two is Judas Priest. One that I'm sure. Yes. You'll be thrilled to hear, Dave. Yes, of course. Um, instead of um, Breaking the Law. Mm hmm. Um, it's from the uh, Angel of Retribution album uh, from what, 2005. Um, that's Deal with the Devil. Ooh. Well, you surprised me with that one, mate. Got a lot of fond memories of uh, that album. Really, like, just loved it when it came out. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've, uh, you've quite shocked me with that choice, I've got to admit. Ooh. Ooh, well. Uh, next up is Poison. Yeah. And instead of, um, I mean, well, some, it could sometimes be every rose has its fawn yeah. or one skinny bop. They're the ones yeah. that generally come up. Yeah. Um, I've gone for, I believe it's from Open Up and Say Ah, is A Fallen Angel. Ah, oh, yeah, nice song. She's a banger. Yeah. Um, track number four um, is Motorhead. Yeah. And, I mean, this is like shooting fish in a barrel with anything that isn't called Ace of Spades. <laughs> You've got Bomber. Orgasmatron, got got um, stuff off like like their later albums as well. Like there's um, one called The Terminal Show, uh, which is really good. But I went for Eat the Rich. Oh yeah, yeah, good one. I thought I might as well try and keep that eighties, but like there's so many good songs that aren't Ace of Spades, Overkill, and there's so many. Yeah, and it's always Ace of Spades, without fail, always yeah. Ace of Spades. Um, and we finish side one if if, if that's the way we're going to. Play it uh, with Pat Benatar. Oh, yeah. And instead of the uh, obvious uh, hit me with your best shot or uh, what have you, is I've gone for All Fired Up. You know what, mate? I I think with Pat Benatar, you could pick, because I bought all of her albums in the 80s, you could pick any album and virtually any song, and it'd, it'd be a really good one to go on there. Yeah. I, th I think she's really, really good. I'd love to see her live. It'd be brilliant. Love to do an interview show with her. It'd be great if we could get an interview show with her. That'd be awesome. But uh, yeah, and she still sounds really good. I saw a video yeah, of her. Yeah, she does. Yeah, from a you know a few years ago. You know, obviously when live gigs were still going on, and she sounded great. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, we hit side number two with Toto. Ooh. And instead of Africa. Yeah. Uh, I've actually wound the clock back into the seventies and chosen Rockmaker. I don't see with Toto. That's one where I only really know the Africa song. So this yeah, this is a, is a catchy little. Yeah, you might even know it because um, I think I swear the first time I heard it, I was like, "Oh, is that Toto?" I didn't realise. Um, oh, it could, yeah, it could be one of those, maybe. But yeah, I'd have to listen to it definitely. That's followed up by Alice Cooper, mm. and again, instead of Poison, you could be shooting fish in a barrel. So many songs. But um, with this one, I decided to go for one that I do remember when it came out, um, Lost in America. You know what, mate? Again, I, I like Alice Cooper, and I've seen him about three or four times live. 
And I got him, I first really got into him with a Constrictor album in the 80s. And I saw him yeah, on yeah. that tour, saw him on the Raise Your Fist and Yell tour, saw him on a couple of others. Um, but I'm not, I'm not overly familiar with a, a lot of his songs. And I haven't played them, to be honest with you, for quite a long time. So that's, again, that's a song I don't, I don't know. Or it probably put it on and then I'll go, oh, it was that one. But off the top of my yeah. head, I don't know it. That's from, um, I mean, the rest of these songs are all from albums that aren't in the 80s. <laughs> you cheat, but, uh, Tom. You bloody well, cheat. I mean, it's still, still the same artists. So. <laughs> um, that one was from 1994's Last Temptation album. Mm. So, um, Next up is a slow song or a ballad, Yeah, I guess. Um, Marillion. Yeah. And instead of Kaylee, uh, I've gone from, again, gone to the 90s. Uh, 1995's <laughs> Afraid of Sunlight. No idea with that one, mate. Not a clue. Um, for penultimate track, um, Europe. Mm-hmm. And instead of a final countdown, I've gone for 2007's Last Look at Eden. I'm going to have a great time listening to your playlists, mate. Because it's, it's a good one. I, mean, I, mean, I know I've sort of slightly broken rules of it sticking in the 80s, but there's, <laughs> there's other stuff to investigate from the same band, so... <laughs> Um, and then find, I mean, like, like this one is called 80s Rock Down, but there's so many, like, just the rock album, and they mm-hmm. don't, and it's still these same songs, like your Ace of Spades and oh, it's still your Poisons and your Final Countdowns, yeah, but always you the know, same. They, they, they don't stick to a decade, but they still mm-hmm. do those songs. So, and finally, it's Bon Jovi. Oh, which one now? Instead of Living on a Prayer, yeah, I have gone for. A song that would never be on one of these compilation albums because it's ten minutes long. Dry County. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. This is amazing, mate, because you've picked quite a few of the bands that I've picked, but we haven't doubled up on any of the songs. Oh, excellent! Because I was thinking, like, oh, would that happen? But uh, mm. interesting. Yeah, yeah, be good. Um, definitely have a listen to your playlist on that one, mate, and to see, uh, you know. It, have I just never heard them or have I heard them and don't know the names and will go the classic, oh, yes, I know that one. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Uh, my one, my 80s rock down. Let's kick it off. And again, much like the other one, you've got to start off with a banger. Uh, and this, for me, is is one of the bangiest Judas Priest songs. It's from their 1988 album, Ram It Down, and it's Come and Get It. And I, for me, this is just fucking awesome. You cannot play this any less than, you know, 10 on the dial. And it would be a great album opener. Um, track number two, Kiss. Oh, wow, really? And I was, if uh, anybody remembers from the last show, I thought, yeah, I was going to put um, Turn On The Night. I've changed my mind, mate. I've gone from the 1985 album Asylum, Who Wants To Be Lonely? That, I think, would go down a storm. And I think loads of people would like that. That's a great song. Yeah, definitely. Uh, White Snake is track number three, and this was oh, this was so difficult to pick White Snake um, because White Snake do my all-time favourite song ever, and it is from the eighties. Um, it's from nineteen eighties. Um, oh my god, Ready and Willing album. The name went then, and it's Blind Man is my all-time favourite song. And for a little time, that was sort of my ballad pick. Um, yeah, but I thought no, because I want from nineteen eighty one's Come and Get It. Um, album don't break my heart again nice because nobody can keep still when that's on 
Um, plus, it means a bit because it was my first ever gig. It was White Snake in '81 on the Come and Get It tour. So, you know, that album's pretty special to me, and it's an awesome song. Yeah, Bon Jovi. Here we Ooh. go. And I'm going um, again. I saw these uh, when they were supporting Kiss on the Animalized tour. So their first album had come out. And then I saw them again, and it was their first headlining tour in 85 for the 7800 Degrees Fahrenheit album. And I'm picking a song from that. And it's Only Lonely. Nice. It's a good song. They don't like the album, which is weird because it's really good. It is a good album. And they just it's they just ignore it, basically, don't they? And yeah, I think they really great do. Album. It, uh, it is odd. It is very odd. And it's a cracking song, that one. It's a really, yeah. really good one. Uh, and then to close off side one, Def Leppard from the 1983 album Pyromania, and it's Billy's Got a Gun. And it's like, that's about a six-minute song, and I thought that'd be a good way to close off side one. Uh, opening up side two, Thin Lizzy from uh, 1983's Thunder and Lightning, and it's Cold Sweat, another banger to kick off another side of an album. Uh, then I've got my ballad, my power ballad, uh, and I'm going with Twisted Sister, mate, from the 1984 mm. album Stay Hungry, and it's The Price. Nice, that's a big ballad, good one. Yeah, and I think D. Snyder's voice, I mean, D. Snyder's voice anyway is great, um, but especially on this, uh, it is absolutely amazing. Then, track three, Slade. I can't believe we both went for Slade. Yeah, it's funny, it's not a band we never normally talk about, but yeah. it's just that, that, for me, that song had just been knocking around my head for the last couple of months. Wow, well, this, and so many people obviously associate Slade with the 1970s, because that's, you know, that was their sort of golden age. Um, but I'm picking a song from the 1981 album, We'll Bring the House Down. And it's the title track, We'll Bring the House Down. Okay. Which is a great one. They played Reading Festival and they'd suddenly, oh, yeah, Slade are a great rock band. So they put this album out and it is, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good, really good stomping song. Uh, there's a good video. I think it's them on top of the pops that's on YouTube. So ah. I'll probably add that one to the playlist. Uh, and then the final two tracks, you can't have one of these without having Scorpions on it. And again, oh, what do you pick with Scorpions? There's so many. Uh, so I've gone from 1988 Savage Amusement album, Don't Stop at the Top, which I think is a great, really good song that you just can't keep still to. Um, very positive song too. Closing off the album, mate, Motorhead. And this is a song that didn't appear on any full proper studio albums it only appeared on a um 1984 compilation album okay um called no remorse so it had all songs from previous albums but it also had um four new tracks on them one of them being this one killed by death i didn't realize that had, uh that wasn't that only appeared on a compilation mm. that is a fucking it, banger killed by death it is a great one so i thought that would be a good way to close off the album um, very much so yeah. yeah and you stayed within the 80s parameters where i sort of painted you know painted <laughs> I, out the lights I a was bit. a swat mate i was a swat and stayed in the 80s <laughs> 80s rock down and mine was more just like rock down yours yeah yours was rock down with an 80s flavor to it mate uh we did have some people who did their homework tina did some homework and she's i've got a list here 10 songs uh and again she's picked ones uh she's done it ones that I'm not usually on them. Um, actually, I'm just looking now. No, tell a lie. She picked 
bands or artists that are on the 80s Rockdown album but picked different songs yeah. by them. So yeah, these, yeah, yeah, these are people that are on the 80s Rock album. So yeah, she's yeah. gone for Share. Uh, uh, I Found Someone. Then U2, Gloria. Don't know that one. Don't know many no. U2, to be honest with you, though, mate. No. Pat Benatar. And she's gone for We Belong. Oh, nice. Yeah. As you say, can't really go wrong with any of those songs. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Pat Benatar, mate. Aerosmith, The Other Side. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kiss. Uh, and she, this is Tina's favourite Kiss song. Well, yeah, this and Sure Knows Something. Uh, but she's picked Tears Are Falling. Nice. Yes. Uh, Queen, Who Wants to Live Forever. Nice. Highlander. Yes. Gary Moore. Great one from Gary Moore that she's picked. Over the Hills and Far Away. Hmm. That's that's a great great song. Motley Crue, uh, early Motley Crue, too young to fall in love. Yeah, so, yeah, some nice raw, good. yeah, raw Motley Crue. Uh, Heart, it's picked never. Uh, and then to finish off, a Toto, and this is the ballad Rosanna. Yeah, excellent. Mm. Yeah, good, good list. Good, good stuff. Hello. I'm dropping myself into the edit because I forgot to read out Tina's alternative list of bands that should be on uh, albums like this, but I'm not. Here we go. She put Tesla, Little Susie, Awesome Song. Savatage, The Hall of the Mountain King. One, I've got to admit, never heard of Savatage till uh, Tina played this to me. Warrior, Fighting for the Earth, classic as we know. Man of War, Gates of Valhalla. Q5, Living on the Borderline, Say No More, Q5 again. If you're not listening to Q5, get Steal the Light album, get When the Mirror Cracks album. Hear me now, thank me later. She goes on with Black Sabbath, Neon Lights. Sorry, Black Sabbath, Neon Nights. <laughs> Neon Lights would be a completely different song altogether. Dokken, It's Not Love. Oh, love that song. Celtic Frost, Mexican Radio. Can't say as I've ever really heard Celtic Frost, or if I have, I think I might have heard them and thought they were not for me. I don't know. Nine Inch Nails, Head Like a Hole, and finishing off with Guns N' Roses, Mr. Brownstone. Now back to the show. And we've also, also doing their homework, uh, was Frederick, our long-time listener from, even going back into 80s Picture House days, from over in Sweden, uh, he sent he sent a list for us and an email, and also he sent us a little voice message, which I'll begin by playing that right now. Hello, Fredrik from Sweden here. So when Dave and Tom started talking about creating an alternative compilation album, it sounded like a great idea, and I knew that I had to try it myself. So I started thinking about what kind of music did I listen to as a kid, and I went on Spotify, and it was a complete rabbit hole so I got together a big list of songs that I used to listen to Then I started to remove all the bigger hits and all the great hits and trimmed it down to a list of slightly lesser known artists and songs that I really enjoyed back in the days uh, some of which I haven't heard in years um, but they are good I still enjoy them and they really work in the car so um, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Bye-bye. there Sweden. Sweden. Oh, Frederick in Sweden. I'd love to go to Sweden. Um, 
he sent an email as well, which is really nice of him. And he wrote, greetings and salutations from a sunny and warm Sweden. I just wanted to give you a short presentation of my Spotify playlist. By the way, I have not sorted the songs in any particular order. My intention was to put together a list of songs that I listened to a lot back in the 80s, but not selecting the usual suspects that are all on the compilation albums already. I also wanted to highlight some Swedish bands, but of course I had to add some international talent as well. Need to mention that I got some good help from my lovely wife, who is the real 80s power ballad guru in this house. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then we've got his list. So thank you for this, uh, Frederick. Let's see what he's gone for. He starts off with uh, You're Not Alone, Suzette's song, Twisted Sister. And he's put for that one. Great ballad that I've always enjoyed. Usually it's always the price. Yes, and that's why I picked that gets all the attention. It's always the price. It's you? always the price. How right you are, Frederick, because I gave it some attention earlier. Uh, but this one needs love as well. I completely agree. Yeah, it does need some love as well. Next up, Open Your Heart, Europe. Yeah. Obviously, Europe gets a spot on this list. This was a big hit in 1984, two years before the final countdown. Here's, here's one new to me, mate. You're not my lover, but you were last night. Dalton. Dalton? Dalton. Like, like Patrick Swayze. Yeah, that's what I think immediately. It's like Roadhouse. Uh, happy, upbeat song that I still own on vinyl single. Released nice. in 1987 and written by Desmond Child, John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora. Oh, my God. That must be a banger. I thought that would get you excited, mate. <laughs> When I read that, right, the peak of their power, the height of their powers. Yeah, how come this hasn't, you know, passed through our ears yet? That's a, another one. Uh, the Ballad of Jane, L.A. Guns. Oh yeah, yeah, good one. This is a little bit well known, I guess, and suggested by my wife. Next up, Love Bomb Baby, Tiger Tales. Yeah, I hardly yeah. think this needs any further explanation party on yeah it definitely doesn't need any more explanation other than that frederick that's for sure uh next up free like an eagle talk of the town another swedish band formed in 1987 a scandinavian dynamite what a name but changed the name in 1988 when they also released this song uh both the single <clears throat> excuse me and the album so sold gold in sweden so uh yeah another one for us to uh yeah, yeah. Listen to <laughs> right, when I read this, mate, I thought, Tom, you immediately jumped to mind, mate. Uh, nah. It's by, the band is King Cobra, and it's Iron Eagle, Never Say oh, Die. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? This is rocky. Die. This is rocky level montage heaven from the first Iron Eagle movie. This is just kicking. I think yeah. you'll agree with that, mate, when you make because you've just recently done sort of a, an Iron Eagle fest, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got the uh, I bought the, I bought the first one on Prime in HD, so uh, <laughs> it was a uh, yeah, good. Well, first one's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next up, still in love with you, Evan Rude. Actually, a Norwegian band uh, that I have struggled to find any information about. So. There's, there's a rabbit hole that everybody can go down about. Evanrude, a Norwegian band. Then it's Together We're Lost by Erica. Um, oh, he's cheated, mate. A bit of a cheat since this was released in 1990. Work on the album started in 1989, though, 
uh, and she was married to. Don't Ying- worry, I've just fucked that off. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine, Frederick. After Tom's list, yeah. there's a couple of Tinas that weren't either. So I mean, I mean, mine was clearly the worst for just ignoring the eighties <laughs> rule. But... And uh, she was married to Yingui Malmstein from ninety one to ninety two as well. Oh well, that lasted. Yeah, uh, as as most rock marriages do. <laughs> World of Promises treat another Swedish rock band. I'm sure I've heard of them. Yeah, I've heard the name Treats, but I couldn't have named any songs. Uh, This song was released in 1987. The band opened for Wasp on their first Swedish concert in 1984, and they also opened up for Queen in 86. And in 88, they played the Monsters of Rock in Germany. Nice. Uh, Two songs to go. We've got We're Wild, Young and Free by Swedish Erotica. (laughs) Yes, another Swedish band. This was released in 1989. The first singer in the band, not on this song though, I think, also sang with Vinnie Vincent's Invasion and early Talisman demos. Mm. And then finally, uh, a song that we have played. We played it on 80s Picture House, mate. Tears Don't Put Out the Fire by Alien. Uh, Swedish band again. You have talked about this band on the podcast before and neither of you were impressed by their cover of Only One Woman. The singer has, completed several, has competed several times in the Swedish... Here's a word for me. In the Swedish Melodifestivalen, which is is their local Eurovision, uh, and has also released a children's book, roughly translated from Swedish. The book is Brunte, the horse that poops on kids. Nice. The horse that poops on kids. I promise it's true. And to prove that it's true... (laughs) He's sent the picture, which I will add um, to the podcast notes on our website. So take a look there. And it's the, it's the cover of the book. And the ne- and purely for Frederick's amusement, because I know he likes me trying to read Swedish. The Swedish title is Brunte Hasten Som Basar Parban. That doesn't sound too bad. It's, it's, yeah, I could get away with it, maybe. It's this dark, really dark grey um, horse who's... You know when a horse sort of kicks out with its two back legs and it's, you know, its two back legs are flying up in the air? Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a drawing. It's doing that while there's loads of shit coming out of its arse. And then in the <laughs> foreground, there's, three, there's a drawing of three little kids running away covered in horse shit. Oh, lovely! What what a nice, <laughs> nice children's book that is. Uh, See, so yeah, that was that was twelve. He he couldn't get it. He couldn't get rid of any more. So he said those were the final twelve tracks. There were so many more to choose from, but I'm pretty satisfied with this list. Looking forward to hearing about your lists. Take care, Frederick. Nice, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Tina. Thank you, Frederick. The rest of you, detention. Again, told you we wouldn't take this. The dog ate my homework for any sort of excuse go and sit in the corner Uh, actually no go to the front of the class go to the blackboard pick up a piece of chalk and write 100 times uh, I must send emails to 60MW and and that's what you've got to do because you you cannot not do your homework and and just think you're going to get away with it scot-free so there you go (sighs) so YouTube channel playlists um Frederick as well sent me a Spotify playlist of those, so I'll embed that into the podcast notes 
Um, so you've got those. I'll do something with Tina's list as well. So you can listen to all of the songs that we've talked about. So if any of them, which is, you know, it was the same with us, mate, wasn't it? There's been plenty of songs there that we've not a clue what they are. Yeah, so yeah absolutely. Yeah, it'll be good to go go and listen to them. And again, do that in any order which you like. Um, I think, I think we're finally, we've done <laughs> our, our 80s related stuff section yes, of the I show. Yes, so. That took a while. Uh, right, we shall come back in uh, in just a few minutes, and it's uh, it's your first time watch pick, isn't it this time, mate? With um, with, it is which with is, that one with that one, which is not Silla Black. So uh, yeah, get comfortable for a little bit of blind date. Your blind date is coming. No wonder you're a little nervous. But don't worry. He goes out with a lot of pretty girls. And he knows how to treat a lady. He's not wired quite right. But he knows how to have a good time. The uh, 1984 movie Blind Date, not to be confused with uh, rom-com from the 80s called Blind Date, or Priscilla Black hosted show Blind Date. It was directed by Nico Masterakis, so you've got uh, some sort of idea of where this is going to go. Oh, God, yeah. The synopsis on Letterboxd. A man goes blind rem- remembering his lost girlfriend, but the doctors can't find anything wrong with his eyes, which is, I mean, that's a sentence to start with. It is, isn't it, yeah. They fit him with an experimental device which allows him to see with the aid of a computer interface and brain electrodes. Meanwhile, a taxi driver is taking young women up to their apartments, giving them gas, and performing, uh, performing a little fatal amateur surgery on them. Their paths inevitably converge, and a blind man must try to stop the psychopath. Hmm. Somehow, it's even more ridiculous than that synopsis. <laughs> it is. So the guy in question, Jonathan, who's played by Joseph Bottoms, who I think was in the Black Hole, the Disney thing. Yeah. Um, he's a bit of a creep and a stalker, basically. Yeah, to say the very least, mate, he's, he's a right pervy, creepy twat. Yeah, he's not like, like... He could easily be the bad guy in this film. Easily. So he's like still stalking his ex to a point where he's like watching through binoculars 
you know, outside the house. When he's and you know, and also at the same time, his secretary, played by Kirsty Alley, mm. who's expressing an interest, I would say, in him. Um, <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Because when you see when she walks into his office, she drapes herself on his desk in front of him. It's like, oh, and this was the same year as Runaway as well, wasn't it? With Kirsty Alley. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so he is. I mean, I mean, other things do happen during this, but like, everyone wants to know about how he gets blind. I think first off, because that's the first sentence. Yeah. So he doesn't just—he's not remembering his lost girlfriend. That's a nice way of putting it. He's outside the house, and I think gets disturbed, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And he runs away, and he runs into a tree branch. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's in the hospital, blind. Now, when you're making a film like this, and you think, okay, so I want my lead to be somehow to be made blind surely you can come up with something better than he runs into a tree branch because that's a bit of a shit way to be made blind isn't it a little bit and he's not even blind like in the synopsis i mean as i say there's some other things we'll go back to in a minute but in the Hmm. synopsis he's just like the doctors can't find anything wrong with his eyes they do all the tests and stuff and he's not blind so it's like psychosomatic he's it's in it's in his head yeah um which I'll get to in a moment as well. But like, I mean, you'd think he was blind from the first thing we see him wearing a film, which was a like a like a jacket, and underneath he's wearing a t-shirt that says "I heart my dentist." <laughs> and it's just like, what are you dressed? I mean, even for the eighties, even the eighties must have been like, mate. Yeah. What what are you um, doing? Can we establish as well, mate? Because both me and Tina were trying to figure this out. Is he supposed to be rich? I don't know. It's very ambiguous, isn't it, if he's well off or not? Because there's certain scenes and you think, he must be loaded. And then you see him driving a really shit car, which is this boxy Renault car slash truck that is terrible. And we were saying, well, if he is rich, surely he wouldn't be driving around in that. But then other scenes give him the impression that he's well off and he's, you know, he... He integrates himself with people of wealth, and you're going, well, is he rich or not? It was it was something that bugged us all the way through. So I was <laughs> hoping we'd get a definitive answer from you, Tom. But obviously, it was this, you had the same problem as we did. Yeah, yeah, I, can't, I couldn't tell you to be honest. But one thing he can afford though is a Sony Walkman. Oh, Sony Walkman with those orange um, sponge little headphone things. Oh my yeah. god, I remember. I could oh, could feel them on my head. And um, did you know, did you notice the really bad continuity that happened with those? No, I don't think so. Yeah, because all during the start of the film, he's he's got his Walkman and he's got you know the classic sort of thin metal thing across your head and the little round orange sponge on the bits that go on your ear. And he wears that, um, but without giving too much that happens further down the line. But he wears a different Walkman that have black sponge. Um, headphones but in one scene early on he's got his orange ones on orange orange and then just quickly it goes oh he's got the black ones on so they must have fucked up and give him the wrong pair of headphones oh nice from that they got ready for scenes later on in the film Um, but it's it's so obvious because those headphones like bright orange and then quickly for this one scene he's got black and then he goes back to orange again that was that was well spotted thank you thank you so i didn't think the sony walkman thing would just would be a plot point that you'd need to remember for later in the film. Mm. 
I just thought it was a bit of shameless product placement, which it also is. Yeah, yeah. So his mate, who's like an eye doctor, so he's run into a tree. He's been doing a stalk. Um, like really creepy, like, again, could be the bad guy. And they said there's like this thing they can do that will help you restore your sight to an extent um, with the aid of a computer interface and brain electrodes. So your brain and the computer interface in this device will combine and you can see something which isn't blindness. The device, obviously, is the Sony Walkman. <laughs> but the Sony Walkman, how did they explain it? It's packed with... Um, uh, what was it? They said it's like something like microchip boards or something or anything. But at this point in the 1980s, you know, like computer circuit boards and everything... Yeah. We're, we're not, you know, the the size that they are these days. They'd struggle for what computer equipment they could put in something the size of a, a Sony Walkman. Yeah. And yeah. also, as well, so he explains all this to him, you know, and they've said about, you know, your eyesight, there's, there's nothing really wrong with your eyesight. It's, you know, like you said, it's all just, you know psychological you know it's, there's something going on with your brain but your eyes are working perfectly it's just something with your mind it can't work but we can give you this operation and you'll be able to see things it doesn't really give too much detail um but it'll be irreversible if you have this operation it'll be irreversible and you will n you will never see properly again and he yeah, says like, and he is, says, yeah this is a big thing for me it's just like he knows it's in his head yeah and you know in time it would probably come back yeah and then later, he's happy. He's more than happy to be like, exactly. Nah, let's do this thing that you're really vague about what I'm actually going to see. Yeah. And um, instead of you know, the, and you know, there's a, a very good chance that his eyesight, you know, like if he um, speaks, like you know, he helps has therapy, you know, yeah. like getting through it, and he could walk into you, a tree again, into another tree branch, maybe exactly. to undo it. Yeah. All um, oh, that could have happened. But no, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll just try this insanely experimental um, thing. Which will stop any chance. There will be no chance I'll ever see properly again. Yeah. But I will see this that you have not exactly explained that what I'm going to see. <laughs> um, you've been very vague, but I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And then later on down the, down the line, after he's had the operation, the same guy then explains to him all the all the in detail limitations of the operation that he's already had, like you can't see through 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 glass it'll appear as like a solid wall and yeah. the batteries only last so long and then if if you use it for you know more than x amount of minutes you'll get all these bad brain things going on and you could die through it and all of that the fuck <laughs> me mate you tell him all this why didn't you explain that to him at the beginning when you were saying it's experimental and you'll never get your own eyesight by the way before we do it you know, it could cause death and insanity and you're not going to see this, that and the other. But he waits until after he's had it. We were like howling when he explained that to him and going, oh, you oh, you cruel bastard, waiting until afterwards to explain, you know. The, well, you the say that, but he's details. happy as Larry. Yeah, he's fine. Why is because he fine with I it? I should say now, I don't think either of us can accurately explain how bad it looks, like what he sees. Like it's a, it's like a white kind of white outline of most things and it's not even a full outline is it it's like it's... no you can just kind of tell and it causes problems in film like he's like swinging around in a swivel chair and i'm just like you can't see what everything is like 
when you're still and you're looking at your mate who's just you know done this horrible surgery to you um you can see him mm. and me out you know his outline kind of half outline mm, yeah. then he's looking around and it's just like no nah, it's just a blur it's a mess it's it's ridiculous he's on a, he's on a roof at one stage He's, <laughs> oh, that. Like, he's high what? up on a roof and you see and you see his point of view it keeps swapping to that and like you said mate it's all this blurry white vague outlines that are missing big patches of what the outline is supposed to be and he's and he's up high and then for how he does it he just finds this little bit of, of you know whatever the roof's made of and peels it back and then crawls in and we were saying you can't you've no idea what's happening you see his point of view and it's just an absolute mess. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't even tell he's on a roof when you he, he, like, or anything. It was just some dots and lines. Yeah, he looks down. No, that's like there's like a whole chase bit going. You know, bit going on there, and he's leaping over rails and all sorts. It's like you can There's no way. <laughs> but um, he so he's got this done, and he like I say, he is happy as ever. He is thrilled for whatever reason. I don't know if they've drilled into his brain or something, um, and. Um, he goes to the office and he's literally strutting. He's so happy. <laughs> and then he um, walks up to, the, and also this. So he walks straight into his um, office based on what we are seeing that he can see. How does he know that's his office? Yeah. And how does he know that's Kirsty Alley? Exactly. Like it's just a vague outline. And he's just like, he could be talking to anyone. He could be in the wrong building. <laughs> It could be. And he's so pleased with himself. It's like, you dickhead. <laughs> you deserve this, all the stalking, yeah. which gets worse in a bit. Oh, God, um, yeah. Oh, is there anything else you want to add about that particular oh, thing? Well, there's, okay, there's bit. Well, let's point out as well, I've got to point out how good a picture this is on Amazon Prime because we've ripped into them in the past for really dodgy pictures and I was expecting it to be... Ooh, subpar but it's a great picture on it so that that's a plus uh imagine it if it was a shitty picture and then you got his point of view shots that would <laughs> make it even better to be <laughs> oh my god we have missed out on a very early boob alert which is it's a nico masterakis film obviously we played we sat here with me and tina right how long is it going to be before the first boob shot under five minutes yet yeah, bang happens but and here's a question for you so the first boobs that you see, um, very erect nipples as well. Can't miss them. And Tina pointed this out, not me. And she said, has she got a third nipple? <laughs> so I was looking. Now, I don't know if it was a small third nipple underneath her left one, because it didn't look like a mole or anything like that. It really did look like a small third nipple. So there's a question for everybody. I can't say I noticed. And, well, I didn't. Tina pointed it out to me. And it was, we've also missed out when pre-operation, when he could see, uh, and he's in bed and he's having a shag with Kirsty Alley. And then a load of his mates burst in because it's his birthday with a birthday. Oh, yes, yes. Birthday surprise and a cake. And Kirsty Alley's in on it to surprise him while they're mid-shag. <laughs> it's like, what of all yeah. the times to you know sort out his birthday surprise it's they could have been doing anything mate imagine him thinking oh, it's, it's my birthday tonight love so you know 
something a bit special. And then they're like, whatever, anything could have been going on. And then they burst in. That was a bit. That was that was definitely an excuse for some more nudity in the film as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And he all. Oh, you might not have got up to this bit. Yes, we're in the bit where he's had the operation. He, like you said, he str- how he struts in like 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 he's the cock of the north. And you you're just thinking, you fucking hell, mate, you've made the wrong decision. <laughs> and how can you see where you go? And it's people in the office are looking at him like, oh my god, look at him. And to see, obviously, he's got to constantly wear the you know the the Walkman and the headphones that go with it as well. So yeah, there he is, post operation and can't see for shit. <laughs> yeah, like he's made a terrible mistake. Yeah. Um. So, what what does he do now? I mean, he just he just enjoys life at this point, doesn't he? Oh, he, he's lapping it up, mate. Absolutely lapping it up. <laughs> Which I don't um, know why. I really don't know why. Yeah, like everything he does, like running, walking around, like you couldn't tell what anything is. You no. could, if you stood still and looked at a tree, you might be able to figure out it's a tree. Yeah. And he's Maybe. walking about, walking into buildings, like it's like just everything's fine. Yeah. So um, do I jump to where he goes back to stalking the, the X? He's always stalking the X. That's about... It's every other scene, virtually, isn't it? He's, he's constantly stalking her. So, I mean, if uh, I, I, was, I think I've got this right. So, I was under the assumption that the the killer would he would stumble upon this killer. Yeah. Also, there's a killer performing like you know, like slicing up women and stuff as yeah. well. And and I sometimes pass across when he. Tried to slice up the ex. Yeah, that's not really how it worked, because he was already before any of before he even knew about the killer, he was in his ex's house watching her sleep. <laughs> like the, the like the protagonist, the air quotes good guy. That's who was yeah, has, has broken into her house while she sleeps. He's on the bed next to her, staring at her wobbly outline again that could be anybody in the bed how, the how does I mean, he that's know exactly what it is it could be the wrong house he wouldn't know creep creepy fuck that he is <laughs> and she doesn't hear him and the batteries run out on his walkman and he has to change them which he does quite noisily yeah that and, happens a bit as well yeah and she must be like a heavy sleeper because she doesn't move and then he whispers something to her well i don't think he whispers oh, yeah, he's just like Good night, sleep well. Something incredibly creepy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, and the, when he does get the, actually when he does get the Walkman after he's had the operation, and then he gets told, you know, all these complications that happen with it. Um, it is an amazing exposition scene of how the Walkman works. So for you, the viewer, you know, the questions that you'd have. Well, how does he see? How does he do that? And this is where they come up with, oh, if it's glass, it, it can't see through it because it acts as, you know, as though it's a, a solid object. So it, but it is one of, it's one of the most exposition heavy scenes that I've ever seen. And also, actually, before that happens as well, is the first time that is in the, the underground. 
in the subway. Oh, yeah, the muggers. Yeah, of course. How did and, I forget? So and, there's two scenes of this, isn't there? And there's the, one where he's just plain old blind. He's, he's plain old blind, and, and the the gang of three come down, don't need the most the most shit subway gang you're ever going to see. Yeah, yeah, there's are the warriors. Yeah, no way are these the warriors. <laughs> oh, it's like one of them, it's as though he's auditioning for some sort of Broadway musical. He's so over the top and flamboyant. It's like, what? what it felt you... like they didn't bother writing him any lines and they were just like, say whatever you want. Yeah. And he, he so was... the first time they get the better of him because he's properly blind. Yeah. Um, and then he goes back. I think, you know, he goes back down there on purpose. So down they come. Again, these three people, these, they could be anyone. Like, how does he know they're the same person? It's, it's so bad. It's, and then it he, like, he just beats them all up. With his... again, you know, he's moving around and it's just like, how can you tell? It's all just a mess. Yeah. And he's beaten them up with a metal walking stick that he's made because there's a scene where you see him melting metal. He's blind, remember? And and can't see for shit with this stupid Walkman thing on. And you see him with this pot of melted metal and he puts some more metal into it. And then he's holding it up and he's he's pouring it into this really sort of thin tube, holding onto it. How he doesn't cover his hand in molten metal, I have got no idea. So and make... remember, of course, remember that uh, he was told not to have it on for too long. But yeah, have it on while you're making this bizarre yeah. weapon. <laughs> so he makes this really heavy, solid metal walking stick. And that's what he uses to beat up, you know, this this stupid subway gang. And then when he's finished beating them up, he leaves the walking stick on one of them. I thought he was going to keep that through the rest of the movie and have that, you know, that would be his weapon. No, and he, he spent all that time doing it. Why didn't he just pick up like a poker or buy some? You know, why did he have to go to all the trouble? Heavy. He goes to all the trouble to melt metal and, and, you know, form this metal walking stick for the sole purpose of beating up this subway gang and then leaving it with them. Yeah, you have that. Yeah, there you go, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah so creepy guy in his ex-girlfriend's um bedroom that's where we are yeah so like this is like when we actually got get to the bit where he he's now starts sort of like getting into the stuff with the, the serial killer this is where it actually started to lose me a bit like mm. it I didn't keep my attention as as much as um, everything before it. So you have to refresh well, How did he end up? Because he's in a taxi, isn't he? Was it the taxi thing? Yeah, we were both sat there watching this. And again, this is the point, same as with you, mate, at the point in the film, where we started looking at each other and going, oh, so do you know why sort of that happened and, and why he's there? And there was things to do with the taxi and one made a strange noise and that's how we knew it was to do with it taxi and yeah it did sort of begin to unravel at points and threads were going everywhere and not leading anywhere and you were left thinking so what exactly is supposed to be happening now so we got a bit lost as well mate we were in exactly the same position as you and we didn't we didn't know what was happening i should point out as well because while you can see um it's full on 80s this mate so he's got he's in his bedroom and he's playing uh, an atari 2600 oh yes yeah and he's got a top loading vhs in there as well 
Uh, also in his room, there's an electric typewriter, which is freaking state-of-the-art. Everything was like state-of-the-art. You think, you know, it's not too long ago, really, is it? And then you think, these are all things that are just so obsolete these days in this short amount of time. And you're looking at it and thinking, they're archaic now. But it's another reason why we thought we got money, especially with an electric typewriter as well. So he's got all these things. And then one of the first things he does when he's had the operation, um, you know, he gets all this stuff to explain to him. And one of the things, and I couldn't quite follow this properly, and neither could Tina, was how we could sort of, he could plug himself into the recording, because this Walkman constantly make recordings of what he would see. So then yeah. he could plug himself into it and replay them and watch them. So you see him, while he could see, playing the Atari. and But he's got six televisions set up. Again, is he rich? Six TVs? Seems a bit excessive. Um, yeah, like he... Especially yeah. for playing Super Breakout on the Atari 2600 <laughs> as well. It's a bit of an overkill. So Maybe, just maybe... You know, you say about his shitbox car. Yeah. Maybe he's just not interested in cars and he just wants something functional <laughs> and he spends all the rest of his money on just TVs and Yeah, he's a gadget freak. That, yeah, that would yeah. make sense, yeah. So, obviously, you know, he's, he's a gamer, he's obsessed with this game, so he thinks after he's, you know, been... He's had this new super-duper seeing Walkman and he's been told that he can plug himself in, he thinks, oh, maybe I can plug myself into the Atari 2600 and play Super Breakout which he does, and that doesn't go well at all. I mean, because graphics are a bit shit on that game anyway, and the sound, whenever the sound of that game come up, it was like it was like nails on the blackboard. It was terrible. But he missed out on the trick there, mate, because you know what he could have done instead? He could have had some early VR porn. He could have plugged himself into that top-loading VHS. You know, got, obviously, he would have had porn videos there, popped one in, and had VR porn. But he didn't. Well... He, that would have looked very strange. Well, it, it would have fitted in with his character, being the pervy twat that he is. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah. I don't know what that VR pod would look like. It would probably be some homemade shit that he made with his ex years ago that he wanted to relive. Oh, I mean, I mean not, not literally what it looks like, how it looks. Very oh, my, weird. oh, my God. <laughs> imagine, imagine porn in, the, in his vision <laughs> would be... Oh, that would be... I mean, it'll just be... It'll probably just look the same as him running down the street. It'll just be a mess of lines. <laughs> but you'll just hear some sex noises instead of, like, traffic. <laughs> it'll be no different. It's just... I mean, I can't get past this. <laughs> the, the scene on the roof gets me because he's on there and he gets to the edge of the top of the building that he's at and he looks down. He must... I don't know how we can tell he's near the edge. And he looks down and you see his view looking down. There is zero sense of height or anything. It's all one flat plane. He could take another two steps and just fall to his death. But for some reason, he could make out from those squiggles that there was a big drop. So, Yeah, it looked like he was just stood on a curb. Yeah. Yeah, it did. um, Yeah, there's no way of knowing what... You know, like any sort of hype to it. No, but yeah, really. basically, how does, I can't remember. So I think he was going for a taxi, wasn't he? Mm. And the, the killer's using taxi uh, is using um, a taxi to pick up these women. Yeah, and the taxi makes a strange noise because Kirsty Alley's in a taxi later on because he's told her about a taxi that makes a strange noise and she's in one and it's making a strange noise and she tells it to stop and then she runs out barefoot 
and runs home, but it's not the killer, which was a bit of a pointless scene, I thought. I thought, well, why bother with that? Again, a bit that sort of lost us. So, yeah. Yeah. Not sure anyway, he that. ends up becoming sort of like obsessed with trying to uh, nail this killer. Um, this is where like my, it, it sort of lost me um, <laughs> a little. Um, it lost. And yeah, it just ends up with like a chase on a rooftop, as we've mentioned a few times <laughs> about the rooftop. Hmm. Is there anything else in this that you're sort of want to mention? Yeah, me? there is. Well, there's, yeah, because there's two rooftop scenes. He goes up there twice, you know, as if he escaped death the first time. Let's go up there again, uh, even though I've got no idea about where the edges or anything. There's a scene. <laughs> for no reason whatsoever you find yourself in in a tiled bathroom and this dirty creepy old man hiding behind the bathroom door and then in walks uh, a very young marina certis from people might yeah, know from yeah. from um, star trek the next generation um, and she walks in and goes to the bath and bends over and you see her bottom as she bends over and then this creepy old man comes up behind her and starts, like, rubbing his crotch on her ass. Oh, yeah, that guy, yeah. And then she turns around, and she's not too offended. Obviously, it's something that happens all the time because he's the dirty old man that lives next door. And she goes, oh, stop that, you know, again. You get out. You need to stop doing all of this. And just casually walks him out of her apartment to his apartment as he's sort of gurneying and groaning and doing, you know, his best old perv impersonation. And again, that was purely a scene so you could get a shot of Marina Sirtis bending over in, like, skimpy little um, knickers. That's the only reason I can think of for that scene being in there. Because the man doesn't come back into it again, that old guy. You never saw him before. You never see him afterwards. He serves no purpose in the film apart (laughs) apart from a reason to watch her bend over near a bath. Oh, can I also say as well... We've talked about many times 80s fashion uh, and high-cut shorts. There's mm. there's just like a bit of B-roll. It's just exterior footage. Um, and it's this, this, this walking along in 1980s silk shorts. And they are the highest-cut shorts, like over the hip. You know, all of the hips are, are bare on each side in these silk shorts. They're, they're incredible. They're absolutely incredible. If you want to see high-cut silk shorts from the 80s, watch this. There's a lot of good slash bad 80s fashion in here. Oh, plenty of it, mate. Plenty of it. And and if it exposed any female flesh, Nico Mastorakis was over oh my it God, yeah. every time, guaranteed. Uh, but yeah, the, the confusing end of the film, mate. <laughs> yeah. Stuff happens. Stuff happens. He gets in the car. He kicks out the windscreen because if we said... Oh, yeah. Yeah, at least I remember that bit. Like, yeah. he can't see through glass, so he yeah. has to kick the windscreen of his shitbox car out. But he still, even without the windscreen, talking as we have about the vision that he'd got, he still drives a car at a very high speed. Honestly, it's a bit clearer when he drives a car. It's like, oh. It'd still be impossible, and he wouldn't know where to go, etc., because yeah. it'd all look the same. But it seems a bit clearer, like what mm. other, other vehicles and the road. Um, but obviously... It would all look like, how would he know where to go? What road is what? It all looks alike. Yeah, not a clue. Not a clue. 
<laughs> so um, this is his now. So this is his ex again, at, um, a swimming pool. Yes. And um, we kill us there, of course. But how does he? Oh, are you going to explain how he knows that she's in the pool when he gets there? Go, you, you do it, Dave. Well, he tries. He dri- I can't remember. <laughs> he tri- he drives there, right? How he knows that she's in this particular building, I don't know. I don't know. But she's in the pool in this building. The killer's there. He drives there. He breaks in. He breaks into this. You know, is it a big house? I don't know. It's swimming. Is it a hotel? I don't know what the fuck it is. Well, he goes in and he goes into this room. How he finds the room, I don't know. Then he finds this notepad that's been written on in Byro. How he finds that, I don't know. But here comes the big revelation. We don't need Braille. It's we've everybody's been conned with Braille because there's this this like paper pad written on with Byro. He traces the writing with his finger, and it says something like, "I'm in the pool downstairs," and he reads it with his finger, which I didn't know you could do that, mate. We've we've been he sold a lie his... with Braille. <laughs> just why don't blind people just read read written stuff on paper with the fingers? Because he could do it. And then that that's how he finds her in the pool. Yeah. Um I I don't know how he knows the killer's there or anything. I don't know how it all comes together. No, I honestly can't remember. Um I'm sorry. Uh, just watch it sometime. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, and uh, oh like God, it's only a few days ago I've watched this. This is how sort of like it lost me. Like the first half I was willing to and like hmm how happy he was he had this shit um, tech on him and all of this but like the actual plot of a killer all I can remember all I can remember like a few from a few days ago was like he didn't reveal himself as the ex to her no he didn't did he because she says when he, when he, uh, yeah, when the, obviously the bad guy got killed yeah he kills the bad guy she says oh who are you and he says a friend yeah and, and he goes off with Kirsty Alley yeah who he calls like a vague outline or something. I was like, oh yeah, finally you, you recognise. <laughs> like, you'll never see her for real again, and you probably would have. Hmm. You chose to do that, and you could have done all this shit with the serial killer with being properly, you know, like that might have brought your sight back. I don't know. I hmm. don't know. But, or you could have just left her alone and <laughs> been happy with Kirsty <laughs> Allen. Sorry, got a bit vague at the end there, guys. But yeah, we we both of us here we lost track of it as well. And, yeah, it and got a bit just, weird. Yeah, it did. I mean, overall, um, I I did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, uh, we we gave it the same score on Letterbox as well. I noticed. Yeah, three stars, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, three stars. So it's uh, solid. Yeah, it's solid. I'd, I'd say it is worth watching. If you know, again, if you're into a certain type of film, it is worth watching. This stuff. Oh there. yeah, it's just trash. Yeah, fun trash. I yeah. mean, hopefully you'll sort of. You, you'll stay on board a bit with the, you know, the, the final act sort yeah. of stuff. wasn't better than we did, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's when you see that sort of plot synopsis and you saw Nico Mastrakis directed it. Yeah, it's it's a easy one to pick. Yeah, yeah, you, you've got to watch it. I'm glad, I'm glad we've watched it. Definitely. All right. Yeah, as am I. Let's move on then to my rewatch pick. Down there. 
Sheriff, almost didn't recognize you in plain clothes. Well, it's been a day off. Should be a quiet weekend. We have a situation. We've got a cartel with heavy firepower headed towards the border. And there's a strong chance they're coming your way. I've seen enough blood and death. I know what's coming. I'm not gonna let that guy come through our town. Get out of fight. Very nice. How are you, Sheriff? Ah, old. Everything you got. Who the hell are you? I'm the sheriff. Wow, you're looking jack. You've been working out. Now, if you did listen to our June show, you might have noticed that isn't the trailer for Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers which was my rewatch pick. There was a last-minute change, wasn't there, mate? Um, yeah. Yeah, and it was a last-minute change. We couldn't... <laughs> I, I'm sure when I picked it, I think it was on Amazon or YouTube or something, but where I've got it from, and it had disappeared. And rather than try to track it down and all of that, I said, oh, bugger it. We're going to record, you know, like the next day or whenever it was. I'll, I'll just change my rewatch pick. So uh, I don't know why I picked this. I didn't, how I came about it, but it's the last stand. Um yeah. from twenty thirteen. Arnold Schwarzenegger's um sort of comeback as it was billed into into feature films. He hadn't uh, headlined a film for ten years when this was when this came out in twenty thirteen. He obviously had gone back into politics. Um it is currently six point three on IMDB. Very short synopsis on there. The leader of a drug cartel busts out of a courthouse and speeds to the Mexican border. But the only thing in his path is a sheriff and his inexperienced staff. Now, I'm pretty sure that the majority of our listeners would have seen this uh, as uh, we did at the cinema, you know, when it came out in 2013, didn't we? We went to the cinema to watch it. I know me and Tina went to watch it. No, you went to watch it. Yeah, I did. And then I thought, well, have we seen it again? And I was I was pretty certain that I'd seen it once at home. Uh, and that was right because I came upstairs and yeah, lo and behold, there was the Blu-ray. So I'd seen it once. And that was probably like the year after. So that'd be 2014. So I hadn't seen it in seven years. And I think you were about the same as well, weren't you, mate? Didn't you watch it one more time after it had been at the cinema? Apparently not. Ooh. So you, you um, were just... According to our letterbox, obviously I imported all my details from IMDb mm. and diaries um, from... You've gone from 2012, haven't you? Yeah, from 2012. And there was only one view and that wow. was um june 2013 which oh. i guess is when it came out yeah well i remember so, yeah, only ever seen it once bloody hell so you'd seen it once i'd seen it twice um i remember when we watched it at the cinema thinking yeah it was pretty good yeah i wasn't disappointed by it i thought yeah it was pretty good so it was nice to see arnie of course i remember when i watched it uh, when i got the blu-ray um, thinking yeah that was pretty good i thought okay let, let's see if it's still and stuff so watch the rewatch I thought it was fucking awesome. <laughs> I thought it was way better than I remember it being. We both had a whale of a time with it. Tina thought the same. It's a great film. I think when it came out, it got a little bit of stick. Uh, because I think... So you've got Arnie. He plays you know, an aging sheriff. He used to work in, uh, in L.A. 
Um, he's, he was the, he got caught up in the drug bust. Seven members of the police force got killed. He didn't. Um, so he got away from L.A. He's holed out in this middle of nowhere place near the Mexican border, a little quiet town. He's the sheriff. So then the, this leader of this drug cartel bursts out of uh, a courthouse, escapes from there in a quite spectacular way. It's a really good escape scene. Um, and then he's heading. He wants to, the leader of this drug cartel wants to get to Mexico, and, but of course he's got to go through this little place where Arnie's the sheriff. And you know what's going to happen. You know, there's no surprises in it. You know what's going to happen. But some of the characters in it, you've got um, Johnny Knoxville playing a yeah. character called Lewis Dinkum. Uh, and I know one of the things when this came out, it, it got slated a bit because people, oh, fucking Johnny Knoxville, he's fucking shit and all of this. I think he's really good in it. His character, you know, his character's obviously on the spectrum somewhere. And we think, you know, he plays that really well, uh, we thought. And he's not on screen as much as I thought he was anyway. And he does, you know, he gives some lighthearted relief and that. But for the type of character that he's playing, I thought he was really, really good in it. Uh, and I think because the director, the um, the director had come off, you know, some big hits. Was it the oh the films they come back? I saw the Devil, and, yeah, yeah. and the Western one, which I'm sure people are screaming the name at me as I try desperately to remember it. The Good, the Bad, and the good Weird. For, good, the Bad, and the Weird. That's it. Two really good films, and I think people are expecting something a little bit different from this, which they didn't get, and because they didn't get it, they were were, were disappointed. This, for me, yeah. mate, it ticks all of the boxes, beginning, of course, with having Arnie. You know, just put Arnie on screen, I'll watch it. Uh, it recognises that he's older. Uh, with, you heard in the trailer, you know, how you feel it, I'm old. You know, it gives a few, you know, it's got some one-liners, some classic Arnie one-liners in it. It, it comes in with the action, but it's sort of appropriate to his age, almost. There's a scene where he goes, you know, he shoots, and it's an awesome scene where, here we go, we're on the top of a building again, much like in Blind yeah. Date. Uh, but the scene's a lot better because he gets hold of the bad guy and he pushes him off the side of the building. He's falling down with him. And while they're falling, he shoots him point blank in the head yeah. uh, and then lands on top of him. It's quite a bloody film as well. I don't know if the, the Blu-ray we watched was like an unrated version or something, but it seemed to be a lot gorier than I remembered it. There was and bloody... Dave, a film from 2013, and there were squibs. Squibs. You, you know what, mate? We picked up on that, and what an absolute joy. What an absolute joy to see. And the CG blood, what there was of it, was, wasn't much, was done quite right. It was looked realistic, and it was flash. Yeah. You know, like, it was very, like, you didn't linger on it. Yeah. it ling I mean, God, I, we, we can't have this conversation again. But, you know, obviously, like, you see CG blood for too long in films, and it looks weird and mm. doesn't look great. But this was just when they used it, it was very sudden, you know. Yeah. But it, but they kept for you know when it was gory and you saw properly the gore it was squibs yeah which which was amazing to see oh keep the squibs for fuck's sake uh, I mean you got everything that we love you know but eighties films there was you know the the shooting the fighting the car chases uh, the, the over the top bad guy who admittedly doesn't do a lot in it but the bits that he does is, is you yeah know. um peter storm is the better bad guy he is he is the better yeah, bad like guy he's like the boss he's, before the main boss but yeah um, he's sort of the lead henchman isn't he yeah he's much better than the main guy is he's fine he's just sort of there yeah and i mean most of his time spent in a car yeah um getting there whereas um peter storm does all the heavy lifting with the uh 
as a bad guy. But yeah. um, and also um, Harry Dean Stanton just shows up, yes. uncredited for one scene as well, which I completely forgot about. Me too. And and what a way he finishes his scene. <laughs> yeah, just shot him ahead. Shot him ahead. Sniper, he goes done. flying off this tractor. It's like whoa. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd, for- I'd forgotten about that. Actually, yeah, I was just like, "Oh, how is Harry Dean Stanton doing? Oh, he's dead." Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was one of these films where, and I'm not comparing it to True Romance because we recently reviewed True Romance from Arrow, and it's one of my all time favorite films. And for me, True Romance is one amazing scene after another amazing scene with great dialogue, great action, everything about it. I'd forgotten how many really good scenes there are in the Last Stand. It's, yeah, and it's got a huge rewatch value for me. You know, I I'm definitely going to watch it again because there's all sorts of things. Even the stuff, you know, the ropey bad guy who you said is always in the car, and but there's some stupid car scenes. You know, it's, it's this amazing car that can do 200 miles an hour and it's outrunning the police and it's got you know he turns off the lights and he's got this like night vision panel in it and even a helicopter can't keep up with it. Um, and you know, you know that Arnie's, you know Arnie's going to win in the end. But the way that it all comes together, I think the, the weakest point for it was, and I'm glad there's a really good fight uh, between Arnie and the bad guy right at the end of the film. You know who's going to oh, win yeah. it. Yeah, brutal. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it is brutal. And again, age appropriate. You know, you see Arnie, yeah. uh, you know, a guy his age and his size, you know, he could still handle himself, but he can't do what he used to be able to do. And they realise that, and they choreograph the fight in an appropriate way for him. But it's yeah. still realistic. You still, it's not too over the top. You think, yeah, I can see that happening. <laughs> um, but it's ju- it just happens on the worst ropey CG bridge going with a crappy backdrop, and it really showed it up more on the Blu-ray. You could see that they're not out. That was in a studio somewhere, and it's all a bit of a dodgy background and everything. That was the only down point to the entire film for me. Was that it just took me out of it just a, just a little bit, but everything that happens before it, and again, just going back to you know how violent it is. <laughs> that was the main thing that I, yeah, I took I from this viewing. Oh my god, yeah, but it's just Arnie delivering the lines, Arnie shooting people, Arnie having a fight. Uh, ridiculous things going going on. It's I d- I don't know why this isn't better loved than it is because it does yeah because it was some... it didn't do well at the box office no. but it did sort of do all right um on DVD and Blu-ray yeah this for me mate has shot up the rankings in my favourite Arnie films I've got to admit oh. you know it, you know it's not up there with you know the likes of Predator and Conan and you know all of the classics like that. But from where, before this rewatch, where I would have put it, it's definitely risen up there quite a lot. And I think there could well be a lot of people like me and Tina, because we both felt exactly the same, who thought, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. And they've not bothered with, with it, you know, in eight years. That if you do go back to it and watch it, that you think, and give it a bit of a reappraisal, it's, this is pretty bloody good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. I, you know, I can't. I can't say anything bad about it. Apart from that the dodgy effect at the end, I loved everything about it. I, you know, I can't. I can't sort of nitpick anything. Apart from if we're really nitpicking after the fight with the bad guy, and remember, there's been another car chase and it's gone through cornfields. You've got the bad guy in one guy, Arnie in another, and they've driven quite a long way. Yeah, I think they said the bridge is four miles out of town. I'm pretty sure they say that at one point. So they're four miles away from the town. They have the fight. 
uh, Arnie wins, and then it cuts back to the town, and Arnie appears in what's left of you know the car that he drove, and he's got the bad guy who's tied to the back of the the car, and because Arnie stabbed him in the leg, um, this bad guy is hopping. So he's mm. hopped four miles from the bridge. <laughs> it's like, I really, can anybody hop four miles without collapsing? He probably just dumped him in the back of a car for three of the four miles and got him out just to look good. As he yeah, drove into town. Just to look really cool driving into... Which he did. Well, so. he, he looked awesome. There was loads of classic Arnie, you look cool as fuck scenes in this, yeah. wasn't there? There was, you know, when yeah. he gets oh, the yeah. big gun. Uh, there's all sorts I had. It's probably people can tell... From me talking about it, my excitement. It's wow. I was not expecting this to be as good on the rewatch. No, no. Yeah, it was yeah, just a yeah, I'd forgotten. Just forgotten how good it was. Mm. I think there's those those comeback films I only did, not like this, Escape Plan, um and you know, like uh the one the sort the more the more dramatic ones like Maggie and um uh the one where he's the uh was it sabotage was one. Was that yeah, one? sabotage. That was another one. Um, but yeah, he had like a really good run of films, but they all just flopped because you know, like we've said so many times, so people don't want to see. A lot of people don't want to see like Arnie and Stallone and in big films anymore. Mm. Which is a shame, really. Yeah, it? like they can reboot both... Terminator all, all they want, but yeah. people just don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. This this was well written a well written part for him and i think a really good choice for his to come back to show that yeah he can still yeah, do it a, such a bizarre mix of like you know the um south korean director mm. and arnie and johnny knoxville yeah. and Harry dean stanton showing up just such a like you know <laughs> what weird mix mm. it's fun it's just fun isn't it good good comedy yeah. in it Good ridiculous action. It's it just ticks all the boxes for me. It was it does. It was really good. Um, you know, and there's no, there's nothing more I can say about it. It's not like Blind Date where there's so much to talk about yeah. <laughs> and go what the fuck. This is is just just saying. Yeah, re, and re, if you're in the UK, it's on Netflix. Mm, so yeah, check it out. Oh. Definitely check it out. Um, yeah, well worth a rewatch. We'll be rewatching it again at some point. So that's good. Uh, yeah. Right. It's on to our picks for the August show, mate, where we've got to pull it out of the bag because, as I said earlier on, we're going to be together. We're going to be watching the first time watch pick and the rewatch pick together before recording the August show together. So we don't want to let each other down, do we, with our picks? No, no, pressure's on. The pressure is on. So, uh, yeah, let's just... More on you. (laughs) All on me with the first time watch pick. Oh my god, okay then, uh, let's take a little break and see what I have picked for us. My first time watch pick is from 1982, and it's, uh, it's on YouTube. There's a really good copy of it on there. It's called Time Rider, colon, The Adventure of Lyle Swan, two ends. Uh, why have you picked that? You may well be asking yourself. And I picked it because of, <laughs> because of one one-sentence review on Letterboxd. Uh, so thank you, R underscore Emmett on Letterboxd, for, 
for your review. And the thing is, he gave it a it's a one star review, mate. <laughs> but it, on on the whole, it is pretty well reviewed. But this is one star review. But it's his one sentence review of the movie in which a time traveling Fred Ward fucks his own great great grandmother. And that was enough for you. That's enough to sell it for me, mate. I mean, Fred Ward, you know, I could have stopped there and that would have been enough. The the little extra bit, I mean, that just like really got me into, into we've got to watch this together. So <laughs> fingers crossed, mate, that it's a good one. That's our first time watch together. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Right, so pressure's on me. I was like, oh, I've got to, you know, pick something that we, we both would have seen that we could get some laughs out of. And I was just like, let's go for a film which has got one of the Corys in it. Mm-hmm. It's got Gary Busey in it. Busey. Nice. And not only is it based on a book by... Oh, no. Is it? Or is it a, Is it just a film? It's written by Stephen King. Anyway, it's, a, it's Silver Bullets. I think it's a book. Because it isn't... isn't um, it's Corey Helm in, in it that's in this yeah, one. Corey Haim, it? yeah. Haim. And he's he's got. I seem to remember something to do with a bike. He's yeah. on a bike on a bridge. That's about all I can remember of that one. Yeah, yeah. It's based on the um, the uh, book or um, uh, cycle of a werewolf. Um, ah. But King wrote the screenplay as well. So King writing a screenplay in the mid eighties. Nice. Can't go wrong. With we a all bit know of what happens there. So yeah, <laughs> Silver Bullet. Nice one. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that in quite a long time. I remember it being fun. So yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that's yeah, good viewing, mate. Good viewing together. That'll be uh, yeah, that'll be featured in in the August show. Uh, until then, to everybody, obviously, you've got loads to do. Um, go to the YouTube channel and playlists there for you to listen to. Go to the podcast notes on our website. Have a look at that book cover of the shitting horse shitting all over three young kids. That, yeah, uh, just what you want to see. That Frederick sends. You can look at that while you're listening to the playlist. You know, multitask. Get a few things done at once. Um, and get your homework done the next time we ask you to, you lazy twats. Uh, go to 60mw.co.uk. That's always a way to get new listeners, isn't it? Just call them twats. Uh, 60mw.co.uk. Uh, links there to everything. 60mw podcast for Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the link to our YouTube channels on there. I'll say for about the fifth time in this show, subscribe to us on there. Um, and that's it. Until we record together in August, mate, which will be fun. And we've we've plenty to watch. In fact, you sent me a link to something else that we have to watch while we're together as well, which looked interesting. Yes, yeah, so we can talk about that. Uh... <laughs> That's uh, if you want to. <laughs> we'll, we'll I never want to speak of it again. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that as a surprise for the next show because we'll see. We'll see what it's like. And, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and we've got lots to do when we're together as well, um, as well as record shows, watch films, do a little YouTube project, get that going off the ground, and whatever else is is going to go on while you're here. And got you for an extra night, mate. You normally come up on a Friday. And awesome. You're coming up on the Thursday, so you'll be here Thursday through Sunday. We've got you for three nights, which is nice, which is good considering, you know, we've not been together for getting on for two years. So it'll be a good time to have a catch up. So, uh, True, yeah. Right. yeah, everybody keep an eye on our Twitter and Instagram because I'm sure yes, there'll be some yeah, photographs. There'll be photos, I'm sure. Yeah, there'll be photographs going up. Uh, so, as is tradition, I shall bugger off and leave you with Tom.
Bye. <laughs> it's the big finish everybody waits for. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>